0: Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 237, What Most Single Women Forget. And please apply whatever gender pronoun works for you. I identify as a straight woman who moved through a lot of heartbreak with men and struggled a lot with finding the right person and ultimately found the man of my dreams. But of course, this podcast is for all people who are struggling with heartbreak, dating, finding the one, and even navigating their current relationships. I was inspired to do this episode specifically because of one particular client who is a one-on-one client. I have a group program and I work with clients one-on-one. You can check out that info at claretheheartbreakcoach.com and click on the work with me page if you want more info on how you can work with me. and. She's just absolutely incredible. Yes, I know I say this about every single client, but I'm quite picky about who I do work with because I want to know that they're really committed to creating the results that they are looking to create with me. And this particular client, let's call her Jane. She applied to work with me three months ago because she really wanted to find her person. She wants to find her person. However, she came off the heels of a very emotionally abusive relationship, I think about a year prior to us working together. And yes, she had done a lot of healing work, but it was very clear to me there was more healing to do. There was more cleaning up to do surrounding that relationship. And she ultimately got into another relationship after that, what I would describe to be her rock bottom relationship, a very emotionally abusive person, and then got in to another relationship with a pretty crummy douchey guy who really did treat her poorly. And she's over it. And she wants to find her right person. But We have to look at her story about her past relationships and make sure she's good and clean and clear and right and in acceptance and peace and true understanding of that entire relationship, not just about how messed up these guys were, but also about her responsibility in the relationship. And I understand that can be hard to hear, especially if you were in an emotionally abusive relationship, just like I was in my rock bottom relationship. But it's so important to look at how you attracted that person and how you showed up and make sure, you know. You don't shame or blame yourself for your choices in the relationship or your behavior in the relationship and what you did or said or what you didn't do or say that now in hindsight, you know you would do differently. That's all it's about, right? I just I need to unpack my side of things, not just judge all the shitty things that he did so that I am good and right and clear on how I will never show up like that again and I will never stay in a situation like that again. So we had a lot more to unpack about her relationships, not just romantically, but the way people have treated her in her life, friends and professional colleagues, and really coming to a reckoning of how much rudeness and meanness and judgment she had not only been tolerating, but that she had really been taking on and playing out as her truth, taking on other people's judgments, not just her romantic partners, but friends and colleagues who have said some really off-color things that over the years she took on as truth. And this work is so important to look at, you guys, so that you're good and right and clear on who you are, And the bullshit that you will not take on anymore and that you will walk away no matter how long that person has been in your life. As far as I'm concerned, fuck the history with that person. I don't care if you've known them since childhood. If this is the way they speak to you and talk to you and judge you, then they're out. And I know it's not as simple as that, but that's a whole separate episode (laughs) But this is the kind of stuff that we have been looking at closely, which, again, is so important to look at before you officially put yourself out there again to date. Because you will continue to create those patterns if you're just subconsciously tolerating and subconsciously believing horrible shit that people are saying to you and then That's who you continue to attract, whether it's a romantic partner or more new friends that just treat you the same way. And a lot of my clients who come to me just to find love, I go by Claire, the heartbreak coach. But four years ago, I called the love of my life. Larry into my life, my fiance. And I really did come up with a clear process on how to call him in. Of course, it's nuanced and I had to fine tune it and it will be a little bit different for everyone. But I expanded my coaching business from heartbreak into finding love. You can come to me heartbroken. You can come to me frustrated in your single life. But I will not rush this process, no matter how eager you are to find your person. And I say this with love. I also don't care how eager you are to have babies. That kind of pressurized energy, like I got to find him now because time's running out and my biological clock is ticking, will never work to the extent of like really, truly finding that next level partnership in my opinion. So I ask my clients to trust me and trust my pace and trust my process that cleaning all this shit up is crucial in order to clear the space for the right up leveled partner. And I truly believe you can't attract that right up-leveled partner if you're believing terrible shit about yourself and you don't have clarity about the shitty relationships that unfolded that you engaged in. And I can't stress enough, this is not an opportunity to shame or blame or live in regret and kick yourself. It's to be like, oh, I see it now. Okay." And... Another big aspect of our work together so far in the last three months has just been giving herself permission to feel mad. She first came to me saying that she's angry, but she doesn't want to feel angry. And she knows that that's not a good thing. And I was like, what? And I touched on this in a recent episode about heartbreak and anger. So you can check it out. I think it's really important. I think anger is, you know, one of the many human emotions that you can't avoid. And I think that there is something to be said about feeling justified in your anger when you were in an abusive relationship with someone who gaslit you and treated you really terribly. You get to be mad. That doesn't mean you have to act out and attack that person, but you get to own your anger. So lots of cleaning up that we have done. And this week, she was telling me about how she went out with a few guy friends and they were talking about men and women. And I can't even remember exactly what the belief was that rolled off her tongue. And I can't remember exactly what the belief was that she had about men, but they were, you know, talking about men versus women and something to the effect of, well, why don't men just step it up then? That's what she said to her guy friends. And I immediately cut her off because I really had no interest in what the guys had to say back to her. I had much more interest in her belief that men don't step it up and men are the problem. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? What are you talking about? And she's just like, well, I've seen this happen time and time again. And Again, it doesn't really matter what the belief is. It could be, why don't men, you know, stay monogamous? That's not what it was. But, you know, I I hear so many of my clients make generalized judgments about men. And again, you can apply whatever gender pronoun works for you about how they don't step it up. They don't ask out anymore. They're flakes. They don't follow through on their word. They're not looking for a committed relationship. They don't want to settle down. They're looking for someone much younger. They're not interested in women in their 40s, all of that shit. Right. And I'm here to say that's true. There are men who are all those things. And I'm curious, and this is what I asked my client, Why are you talking about those men? And she's like, well, because I've just seen it so often, not just with myself, but I'm just hearing stories all the time and I'm just seeing it all the time. And I just thought it was so interesting because I will say throughout my 20s and my 30s when I was single majority of the time. And if I was in a relationship with people, they were all unavailable one being my rock bottom, who was a total narcissistic sociopath, multiple relationships, double relationship, really. But I think sleeping with multiple women behind my back gave me an STD, told me I was crazy to think that he'd ever go astray, got a dog with someone else and told me he got the dog to bring he and I closer together. I mean, just so disgusting. But I was always surrounded by people who were in Pretty solid and stable relationships. Now, I also had a good number of friends who were similar to me, and we had bonded over constantly attracting unavailable men. But I knew that really good men existed. And as I continued on this journey, especially into my mid 30s, into my late 30s, I met Larry at 38. I finally decided before I came up with a specific process to call Larry in, I was no longer going to make unavailable men my problem. And I was no longer going to talk about them or give them energy or focus unless I was heartbroken over them. (laughs) Right. So it's one thing if you're hung up on a specific person and you want to unpack that person. And I think that there's time and space for it. But especially for my client who inspired this episode, I know that she's not heartbroken over anyone right now, but she is a single woman existing in the world and is about to embark on putting herself out there and intentionally dating in a way that she never has before because she hasn't dated in the way that I'm about to teach her to because I think she's getting more good and right and ready. But the last thing that I want is for her, as we're about to put herself out there again, when I say put herself out there again, it's you're putting yourself out there again because you're dating again. But this will be the first time you're dating in the way that I teach. And the last thing I want is for her to be giving energy to the shitty men out there who exist. I've said this a lot about men on the dating apps. Yeah. There's a lot of unavailable, flaky, douchey, creepy assholes on the dating apps. I'd say that they are the vast majority on the dating apps. And I know so many people who've had a ton of success on the dating apps. So I'm going to keep using the dating apps at my fingertips and not make a majority of the douchey, asshole, flaky creepers my problem. And the same with all the people who I've dated in the past, the same with all the people who my friends have dated who have sucked at being a good partner. They're not my problem. And I don't need to engage with other dudes and get my guy friend's opinion. I also think that's another trap. Women love to pick their guy friend's brains about the way men operate. And I just think that this is such a slippery slope because... How one man operates isn't the way all men operate and how a majority, if you believe a majority of the men out there suck or just are unavailable, putting time and energy and psychoanalysis into them will only help you continue to attract them. Putting time and energy into psychoanalyzing and talking about men, whether it's with your guy friends or your girlfriends, your single, sad, Sally friends who are bitter about men too, or again, whatever gender that you know, you're attracted to, it will only have you continue to attract them. Because I really decided, again, before I created a process to call Larry in, and that was around July and August of 2019, and I met him in September of 2019— I just decided that I was going to only pay attention to the successful relationships around me and use that evidence to support that if these amazing women can attract these amazing men, and some of them had been in traumatic situations and a lot of hardships looking for the one, and some had found them pretty effortlessly, and I didn't make judgment on that either. I just was like, oh, these really good friends of mine who are high quality humans are in relationships with high quality humans. And I think I'm a high quality human. And my job is to raise my standards to only look for high quality humans. And I will do that in a very slow, steady and intentional way in a way that I never did before because I was very impulsive in the past, listened to my heart and my vagina, didn't pay attention to signs of unavailability. And I decided I just wasn't going to do that anymore. And I was only going to use evidence that successful, happy, long-lasting, committed, loyal, happy, passionate, supportive, fun relationships are possible. And if I want that and I want to give that to someone else, there is one person out there, one person out there who wants to give me that, too. And quite very possibly he could be on the apps. And whether he is or he isn't, the apps are literally at my fingertips for free I believe now, post the pandemic, there's some charges on dating apps that work well for people. I would definitely have done those investments, too. I think Bumble has high-level filter features and Hinge. I would pay for that. But even free or at a pretty affordable cost, I think, and I don't know too much about the different rates, to just swipe every day and search because I had so much evidence of hearing how people did meet on the apps. And even if they didn't meet on the apps, I wanted to be someone who put her head on the pillow every single night and knew that she put time in to intentionally swipe and look for her person and not make meaning out of the shitty, douchey, flaky creepers on the apps and not make meaning out of how few diamonds in the rough there appeared to be that day, if zero. Who cares? He may be on there. He may not. All I know is I'm showing up and I'm doing my part, not just with swiping, but aligning my mind into putting the focus only on the person who I want to attract, not all the shitty people I attracted in the past. And I attracted those shitty people in the past because I was asleep at the wheel. And this is what majority of the single women I coach forget they anticipate that the same shitty shit is going to keep happening, but they're forgetting all the cleaning up that we just did on their past. And this is not a problem and this is not a judgment. I just think it's so important to spell out. If you come in to do this work with me and we're going to clean up your past, your thoughts about the, the exes, your thoughts about the way the relationship worked and didn't work, your thoughts about you and what did and didn't work for you, getting so much clarity about what you will and won't do ever again, and the ways that you will step up, maybe be more vulnerable, maybe be more vocal about what your needs are in the beginning so that you're not shocked six months in or six years in, and you have all that clarity. And then as they brace themselves, and I feel like brace is the wrong word, right? Because that, to me, infers that you're anticipating a lot of painful shit to happen. And, and that's okay, right? Because if you have experienced heartache, disappointment, and possibly trauma in past relationships, of course, when you put yourself out there again, you're expecting to be hurt and disappointed. And that's okay. So we want to give ourselves loving kindness, and self-compassion about that anticipation and that fear. And then it's our job to remind ourselves, oh, wait, I'm different. So this process is going to be different. I may still attract shitty, doozy, creepy flakes. I might. And I'm going to be able to weed them out quicker. And I'm going to say no when my gut is screaming red flag, red flag, or I can't even put a finger on it. But there's something not right about this person. So I'm going to walk away, even though I'm very attracted to this person. Shitty dudes exist. Flaky dudes exist. People who are a lot of talk and no walk exist And we don't need to unpack them anymore. We don't need to judge them anymore. We don't need to give them energy. We don't need to pay attention. We don't need to engage. We don't need to talk about them with other people. We just have to accept that they exist and not give them energy and put your energy and focus to the right person. I truly accepted that majority of the people on the apps were going to suck, but I was just going to swipe intentionally and keep my eye on the prize on the person who I was looking for. And so when I was talking to this client, I said, it's so interesting that you're saying, this is what I see. This is what I've observed more and more and more as if it's a fact. And I'm like, no, it's what you believe. And it's what you're continuing to see, because that's what you're paying attention to. Because I said to her, I feel like off the top of my head, I could give you 20 women in my life who are in amazing relationships. Like I'm really surrounded by majority of people who I'm really close to who are in amazing relationships. That's not the reason why I'm close to them. But I think I was inspired to be around people. And this also begs a larger conversation. I want to be Around people who are driven, ambitious, inspired, high on life, do the work on themselves, attract amazing relationships and amazing partners because they're good and right with themselves. And it's just really enjoyable to be around. That doesn't mean I judge people who are in struggling relationships, but I think like attracts like. And I'm very drawn towards people who I want to be like. you know? I I really felt like, especially before I called Larry in, I was talking to women in their most ideal relationships. Some of them married for a long time, some of them only together for a couple of years. And I was very curious. And probably my favorite part about chatting with these close female friends and some of them colleagues, just life coach peers. I remember at a time when I was in a mastermind, I noticed that I was one of the few women who was single in the group and who didn't have kids. And instead of feeling like an outcast or, you know, there was something wrong with me, I wanted to hear their stories. When did you meet your husband? And finding out if they're happily married or they're not. And thankfully majority of them, I believe, were. And I say thankfully, because I think if you're going to be a coach, you better be walking the walk in your life. If you're selling something to a client, I think be good and right in majority er of areas in your life. That doesn't mean your life has to be perfect. But I would hope that you're working on a strong home foundation, not just even if you're a business coach, right, just making sure that, you know, you're living this balanced fulfilled life that's just my personal opinion again that doesn't mean that you have control over if a spouse cheats on you and then your life gets turned upside down it's not about practicing you know perfection or preaching perfection but i just wanted to know how did you meet how do you make a marriage of 15 years that seems to look really great on the outside work you know what are your challenges like i just was a curious student. And it really inspired me to know that really happy, long-term relationships and marriages and marriages with kids could be as fabulous as what it looked like from the outside. And that's what I focused on. And this is what I think most single women are forgetting, that good, amazing men exist. And they're forgetting to focus on him, the one. And instead, they're focusing on what happened in the past and what they seem to be seeing in the present, whether it's their own experience or their friend's experiences. And so before I recorded this episode, I was like, I'm going to write down all of the successful, genuinely happy, thriving relationships that I know of just off the top of my head. I probably took 10 minutes to do this. And I am sure there are so much more. And they are all people who I personally know. So none of them are celebrities where you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. These are peers. These are clients. These are friends, old and new. And they're also newer relationships and long-term standing relationships. And I got to 60 people, 60 people off the top of my head. That's 120 people, actually, because it's 60 couples. But I think 60 makes the most sense. What are 60, right? I, I thought of 60 thriving relationships. Again, clients. I'm just looking at the list right now. Clients, new friends, old friends and colleagues and family members as well. So just off the top of my head in five minutes, maybe you don't know of 60 couples, but if I just, me alone, know of 60 couples, especially just because I've worked with a lot of clients over the years, and I know I haven't thought of all of my clients. I've worked with so many that it's hard to just, again, remember off the top of my head. But I would invite you to do that work. I would invite you to do that exercise. And by the way, if you are not, you know, exposed or close with anyone who's in a healthy, happy relationship, I'm not saying that you should ditch those people. I would just start to look to spend time with people who are in successful relationships if that's what you want and communicate with them and talk to them and observe them and you know, take a page from their book and get inspired by them. That's no different than me befriending life coaches who have more successful businesses than me. That's not different than me when I was an actor for 16, 17 years professionally, that I would definitely spend time and I would get into acting classes with actors who are better than me, actors who are more successful than me and hang out with and befriend actors who I thought were more talented and more successful so I could fucking learn from them. And I had to like them. I'm not saying use people. These were, you know, great friends who I was in awe of and inspired by. And I know that that can bring up compare and despair, but I would invite you to get over your compare and despair and learn and see what is so possible and find out what was going on in their lives when their ideal person came in. And don't get caught up in because I I, I did an Instagram reel. You can follow me at Claire, the heartbreak coach. Yeah, there are always going to be people that are just like, oh, I wasn't looking and then he just arrived or I was just in I don't give a fuck energy like I just didn't care and I was just swiping and I just didn't care. Don't worry about that if you care. And my guess is you do, because here we are now. 27 minutes into listening to this podcast episode and if you're a loyal listener, my guess is it's because you really do want to find love and let me tell you, I gave a million fucks when I was putting myself out there to find Larry. I gave a million fucks, but I didn't have this pressury, angsty, judgy, impatient, fearful, scarcity mentality while I was looking for him. I was good and right in my life. I was spending time with single friends. I was spending time with friends who were in thriving relationships. I was really starting to enjoy my business taking off as a heartbreak coach and doing that full time. I was taking the best care of myself physically. I was just being kind to myself. I was really enjoying and prioritizing alone time and enjoying my own company. It was so Fun and easeful. So then when I was swiping and looking for love and ultimately right before I found Larry, my thought was, I don't know where he is and I don't know when he'll come. And I have no idea how I'll find him. P.S. It was Bumble for those of you who didn't know that. But I'm showing up every day. And I'm going to enjoy my life until he comes. And I know it's going to get that much better when he arrives. And yes, I do stand by that. I do think your life gets better with the right amazing partner to come in. But I don't think that person can come in, right? The right amazing partner for you to thrive with and for that person to enhance your life and you enhance their life. I don't think that person can come in until you're thriving and happy and fulfilled and know you're good and okay and safe and secure without them. I really do believe that. I'm sure many of you listening to this will say, well, my friend, she was like desperate and sad. And then her person came along and now they're great. And so I think that like someone could come along and change your whole life. Fine. That could be true. I, I, I always say, I try to remember to say there's always an exception to every rule. For me personally, and this is what I do this podcast from, my, my perspective and what I teach my clients and what I've observed with friends. For me personally, for my healing and growth journey individually, I know my lesson as an individual single woman who had major anxious attachment style issues and is identifies as a highly sensitive person. I know that that individual growth root work of learning how to really just like me, let alone love me and get good and right on my past choices of men and fully come into acceptance about the shitty partners I chose and the shitty partners I tolerated and you know, the shitty ways that I treated myself, you know, just really coming into a peaceful, compassionate understanding of that and then spend some time just enjoying my relationship with Claire was so crucial for me to prepare me for the kind of relationship that I now have with Larry. It might be a little different and nuanced for you. I can't give you what would be the right growth work for you, but I would say 99% of the clients I've worked with over the years, that work of forgiving yourself for past choices and decisions, not that I think you need forgiveness, but I say that word lightly, but fully accepting the choices you made, understanding why you showed up the way you did, understanding how you attracted these people, understanding how you are now different and understanding that shifting your focus on shitty men to the one you are searching for and not giving them any more energy is so important for that right person to come in. So that's what I want you to take away today. Where are you putting your energy? Are you still bitter, resentful, angry? Are you still anticipating it to be a shit show on the apps? Are you still reactive to what you hate about the apps? Are you reactive to the fact that you went on, you know, a bunch of shitty dates and nothing seems to be working? Or are you keeping your eye on the prize? And I know it's not easy to do. It is a muscle that you need to build it took me time to do it too but that truly is the way through and what i believe will set you up for really finding the right person and also Look for evidence of successful couples who you know personally, or maybe it's successful couples that are close to people you know. Use those couples as evidence to support that there are healthy, amazing relationships all over the place and they aren't for only others. One is available for you too, but you've got to shift your energy and your focus and stop giving these lamos more airtime and energy. And if you want help with that, again, go to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. I'm taking applications for my one-on-one coaching as well as my group program for 90-minute calls a week. 90 minutes. Nobody slips through the cracks in this group program. You also gain access to my 75-video course So much golden magic is happening in this group. I love this group so much. But if you want more of that high-touch, one-on-one attention for me to solely focus on you week to week, I would love to read your one-on-one application. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.